0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by
1: Co-Site Experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uriah here. It's a Wednesday night. How are you guys doing the midweek so far?
3: Um, well, I ordered my James Harden jersey.
1: Uh, Um, i'm doing well nice nice chris is definitely putting some money in the bank there that's for sure it's
2: it's hard to follow that one because there's a lot of hard and excitement going on but i i uh, thought of you guys i was joining a twitter space with duani former six or cents guest and she had about 30 to 40 different people jump in we were talking sixers it was it was a good time
1: so I've never been on one of those Twitter spaces. Is it like video or is it just like people nah, messaging? It's
2: the same exact thing as Clubhouse,
1: which is what we do. Okay. Except it's on Twitter. It's the same exact thing. Oh, okay. I recommend okay.
2: that I recommend that you guys jump on in and join the conversation.
1: But anyway, we're here to talk about the game that happened last night. The Sixers 17-107, went over the shorthanded New Orleans
3: Pelicans. Chris, you want to go ahead and take that away? Yeah. Let's let's do it. Um, 117, 107 was the final score. I believe this makes like 11 wins in 14 games for Philadelphia, something like that. Um, the Pelicans were missing just about every starter except for Herb Jones. So naturally, they had the lead for a pretty good portion of the game until the fourth quarter. Um, Joel Embiid, 42 points, 14 rebounds in 33 minutes, four blocks, only three turnovers, another spectacular effort from him. 33 from Tobias Harris, one of his best games of the season, maybe his best game. Um, not a ton else going for the Sixers in this one. Matisse Seibel made his return. Um, Maxine and Cork Morris were okay, but it was really the, really just Joel and Tobias um, who unfortunately had to carry them to a win over the Pelicans who had no one healthy. But, um, Willie Hernan Gomez had twenty nine and ten on the other side. Uh, Thirty one from Nikhil Alexander Walker. Lucas, what were some of your big takeaways?
1: First off, I've been, prior to this game, I've been hearing rumblings that Herb Jones has been is going to be the second coming of Kawhi Leonard. And on the defensive side, I can see it. The guys, long he's athletic. He has really big hands. He has good instincts. I, I could see it developing.
3: We need sure. to stop. Comparing second round picks to Kawhi Leonard's ain't LeBron James's and stuff. That's just never gonna end well. I mean,
1: blame New Orleans, not me. I'm just I'm just a messenger here. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, I mean Maxi just wasn't aggressive again. It's kind of disappointing because he's shooting pretty efficiently. Uh 50% on four. Uh, three-pointers and 40% on 10 field goals, not bad shooting, had five assists, no one turnover. Um I just feel like he's being handicapped by this offense right now and he's it's going to hurt his development at this point. Um the bench was okay, but nothing spectacular. You had what? 16 points from four players. But really three players cuz Charlie Brown only played like um Four minutes, so
0: I'm, I don't.
3: I about was, that,
1: Lucas. I know, I know that it, it hurts, but I understand it because you know he was used for defense primarily. Um, and this game, clearly, the Sixers needed offense. That's why Isaiah Joe got the nod there. It's just kind of disappointing. I don't know. Like you would expect a blowout win, and they got a double-digit win, but it was not a pretty. It, it shouldn't have taken 42 points from Joel Embiid to beat this team. And we were I was joking prior to the beginning of the podcast that you know Joel's given up all the centers the last couple games, but in, all, in actuality, in order for him to be able to carry the offense, he's going to have to sacrifice some things on the defensive end and some of these guys are going to take advantage of it. Willie Hernan Gomez, who is not a, is underrated as his post core by the way. He just hasn't really gotten a chance because his style of play doesn't really fit into the modern game. But against Joel, he can play because, you know, he's big enough to defend him. And he doesn't have to have be super laterally quick to guard him either. So it's disappointing. Nikhil Alexander-Walker was a first-round pick for a reason. He, he had a tremendous upside. I liked him coming out of the draft. Hernan Gomez was solid. I mean, everybody else... I will say this. That point guard, uh, what's his name uh, on the Pelicans? Uh, Jose Alvarado. Well, yeah. I watched line he he like got slammed times. in that screen that Joel put in this. I think it was the second quarter. Ooh. His 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 neck was, oh, gosh. His net, neck snapped back, and he was feeling it for a while, man. I, I've i seen picks. I've set picks like that, and I've ran into picks like that. It is not fun. <laughs> Being on the receiving end of that, that's for sure, I felt bad for him, but yeah, no, it was it was kind of just disappointing like it, I didn't feel good about the win.
3: I didn't feel good about it yeah, no I, I agree it was kind of a lousy win um, I mean, at this point, I don't think anyone's kidding themselves like if the Sixers are playing a team down all at starters, it's gonna be a close game it's they play almost, down to their competition. It's a habit at this point, mm-hmm. um. I I used to go to a bunch of Georgia Tech basketball games, so I I watched a lot of Jose Alvarado there, so it's nice to see him getting some run. Um, Yeah, New Orleans, again, down four or five starters, down all five starters if you count Zion, uh, because Herb Jones isn't starting when Zion comes back. So they really had no business being in this game, being up at halftime, which they were, but... Um, to your point about Joel he said after the game like I'm tired I have to pace myself um, he's, this is like the second time in his career he's played 20 straight games I think um, so he's a big guy He's he has a lot on his plate right now with how the Sixers roster is built he's doing a lot on both sides of the ball so it, it kind of is understandable that he's going to I guess take some possessions off defensively Um you know, maybe a few rest days would be nice. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like that's terribly likely because the Sixers really need him out on the floor. But I mean, this is why you get Andre Drummond. I, I don't think they
1: should do it against the Lakers the next game because, you know, Joel wants to probably show Anthony Davis who's the best big man in the league. But, um, you know, against I want to say less lesser yeah. opponent, but, you know, maybe that's not a good idea. But let's. You know, Andre, you know Andre Jordan and Maxi kind of you know take over the games. At least Maxi and offense. Andre obviously starting wise. Um, Especially once you get everybody else back healthy, like Seth and you know Danny supposedly could be coming back against the Lakers. I saw that update recently today. Um, There's a chance that he could be coming back. And then Seth. Once you get everybody else back healthy, I think you can afford to rest. You know, Joel a game or two obviously joel probably doesn't want to do that because he wants the mvp award but you're no good to us you know worn out in you know april which by the way i told you guys there would be some level of burnout it's not happening on offense but it's happening on defense here so just want to point that out not not trying to brag or anything but but no in all seriousness the burnout is happening we're seeing it now on the defensive end um obviously joel's offense is great but his defense is almost equally as important and if you're getting letting guys like Hernan Gomez go off for 29 points it's it's an issue yeah um
3: and obviously not all of it's on Joel like the defense around him isn't great but it really shouldn't take 42 from Embiid and the best game of Tobias Harris's season to squeak by this Pelicans team in this state um But, you know, they've won a lot of games lately, so they keep figuring out ways to do it, mainly because Joel is figuring out ways to do it, Um, you know. But Mm -hmm. a win's a win. They're like two games out of first place still. So, you you know, you can only complain so much. (laughs) Instead of talking about current
1: Sixers players, we're going to talk about potentially future Sixers players. And Kendrick Perkins, ESPN analyst, was recently a guest on All the Smoke, and he had this to say regarding James Harden rumors. This is real life. This is not rumors, okay? No matter how much he may try to deny. I think Philly want to win. I I know they're not going to win a championship unless they make a big move, Mm -hmm. but I think they're thinking more so about next season. I'm going to just give you hints, and you can figure it out, but – James Harden didn't sign his contract extension. Mm. All right, he didn't sign. He was supposed to sign it. He was supposed to go KD, Kyrie, James Harden. Didn't mm. happen. All right, so he didn't sign it. Now
2: James Harden camp is telling people in Philly, who want to come play with MB next mm. year. This ain't no lie. This facts. But then he telling the Brooklyn Nets,
1: the ownership group different. Mm. Yeah, so those those are pretty eye-opening words from Kendrick Perkins, former teammate of James Harden, assuming they're still tight. Um, So, Chris, how do we feel about what Perkins said on that podcast regarding Harden and wanting to play with the Sixers?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously the James Harden rumors are kind of reaching a boiling point. It's not just Perkins. It's, you know, Jake Fisher at Bleach Report, Shams, all sorts of people everywhere, Um, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, And there, there's a whole lot of smoke right now. I don't think I'm at the place where I'm like, yeah, you know, James Harden's going to be a sixer. I didn't actually buy a Jersey, but. um, Oh, you didn't. It certainly seems possible. I think it's clearly something to keep an eye on. Obviously Harden has a really good relationship with Daryl Maury. He's friends with the co-owner, Michael Rubin, who's friends with every famous person on planet earth. Um And, yeah, Joel Embiid looks really good. I think a lot of people would be interested in playing with him right now. Um, you know, the net situation, on the other hand, has been kind of up and down. They aren't the healthiest team in the league right now. The Kyrie stuff, we'll talk about it. But it certainly seems like Harden is a real possibility, and it certainly feels like that is probably informing how Daryl Morey approaches this whole Ben Simmons thing, because if... Harden is even like a remote possibility. I, I don't think he's just going to let Ben walk um, without getting quite a bit back. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, I, I think there is something to be said about these rumors. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, would I put all my eggs into the basket. Me personally, no, but we know how, uh, you know, fond Daryl Morey is of James Harden. I don't think a trade's going to happen during before the trade deadline. Let me be clear. I don't think that's going to happen, but it could very well happen this off season. He could either, you know, sign and trade or, you know, pick up his player option. And then the Sixers could trade for him that way. Um, either way, it's, it's a total possibility. Um, and the Sixers have the contracts to make it work. Uh, now I know, uh, There's different ways that they could do it. They could trade Ben now, and then they could use the pieces from that Ben trade to get him. I'm not going to put a percentage on it. Taking a page out of Maury's playbook, I will say less likely than likely, but it's certainly likely. I think there's a certain chance that it could happen. I think if they lose a series at home, I think that would be the nail clencher, and we'll get into the reason why I think that here in a second. So, Chris, If it's true that Harden would leave Brooklyn for Philly, what's the biggest factor for him leaving? Is it Kyrie's unpredictable behavior, uh, Durant's unreliable health, or Embiid's press of season?
3: Um, I mean, we obviously don't have enough information to really pick one over the other. I think it would be a combination of all three to some degree. I think Kyrie is probably the – big one that's looming over Brooklyn's head right now, but you read all the reports. It seems like he's not terribly fond of living in New York, perhaps. And part of it is probably that Embiid looks really good and that he trusts Daryl more, perhaps more than he trusts the guys in charge um, in Brooklyn right now. So, um, it, it, you know, Kyrie is, is like a real dark cloud over that organization right now. I, I, I think Brooklyn has a, a good, as good a chance as any team to win the championship this year. Like if they can get healthy, if they just have Durant and Harden, forget about Kyrie. If those two guys are at or near a hundred percent. They can beat anyone. So there's a pretty distinct chance that the Nets just win the championship this year. And then I can't imagine Harden's going to walk away from that. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. If they do lose at home or they get knocked out early or the injury bug hits again and Durant misses time in the playoffs, whatever, if, you know, that's, that's big news. A a game seven at home, they're not going to have Kyrie on the floor. Like that's important stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, I certainly agree that it seems very possible that Harden is in Philly next year. It's at least worth keeping an eye on. I, I too wouldn't like put all the eggs in that basket. I, I don't think I'd put money on it right now.
2: Hey look, if I had Kyrie Irving as a teammate, I'd be out. I I, I just I agree. And and here's the thing that I'm I wanted I to ask you guys, it's not on the agenda, but I'm curious if Kyrie Irving doesn't have a championship ring, would he be acting this way? He already has his ring, so what more else does he have to prove or play for? I'm just curious. Like what do you what do you guys think?
1: Kyrie Irving for most of his career has always acted like the smartest guy in the room. We bef- even before the vaccine. Um, you know, even before the championship, you know, flat earth, all that stuff. Um I can't say whether or not he would or would not, but I still think that he would be making strange decisions regardless of the ring. I just don't know if they would be on this level.
3: That's fair. Yeah, That's I mean fair. like Kyrie marches to the beat of his own drum for better or worse. Lately, it's been worse. Like, I I truly don't know if he even, like, I, obviously he cares about that ring, obviously. I wouldn't be surprised if he retired tomorrow. I, I don't <laughs> think he cares. in this I, I wouldn't be. He's acting up because he, like, I think he's just acting up because he, you know. I don't think he thinks he's acting up. Yeah. he. he I mean, he's, like, iterated his stance on the whole vaccine issue and you know, I think it's, he thinks whatever he's doing is completely justified. He thinks and he's logical. a very noble thing, but mm-hmm. obviously he's not. But I
2: guess I'm, I'm from the school of what Stephen A is talking about. Where oh, no, I, no, I agree where, with Stephen A. Where yeah. I completely respect Kyrie's contribution to the league, his philanthropy, his talent. Oh, yeah. He's the best ball handler ever in the history of the NBA However, at the same time, in today, he was Stephen A was talking about Kobe Bryant, his legacy and just the commitment to winning and excellence and being the best teammate, being the best player you can be. And that's clearly not Kyrie. He's put like you said Lucas, he's the smartest guy in the room and Well,
3: clearly just, Kyrie thinks what he's doing is like bigger than basketball. And uh, it is in like a very negative, stupid, harmful way, but Clearly, Kyrie thinks he's doing something like genuinely noble and trailblazing, which he's he's not. He's being an idiot. But that's he, where Kyrie's head is at. Right. All right.
1: OK, the difference between him and Kobe is that Kobe and they were close friends, by the way. Uh, you know, Kyrie saw him as a mentor, but obviously not everything stuck. Um, Kobe understood the assignment. Kyrie's doing everything but the assignment but he's great at doing the assignment when he's actually focused does that make sense i think i I get that like i know i put a little bit of pop reference in there but like like kobe understood that when you're on the basketball court and when you're in an nba season you do your job But then, uh, you know, when you're not doing, you know, during the offseason or after you retire, that's when you focus on the more important things. Mm -hmm. Kyrie's trying to do both. And like you. Well, compare compare Kyrie to
2: Giannis or LeBron or KD or any other Mm -hmm. superstar that is suited up for their team this year and adhere to whatever protocols that the NBA or their city or state has mandated. Kyrie's got to be that one guy. And It just so happened that, that James Harden was like, Oh man, you guys want me to come to Brooklyn and win win a championship? Sure, I yeah, will. Well,
1: I mean, you know, Ky- you I know, no, no, I, I know exactly where you're going because Stephen A. Smith has said it too. Kyrie is the reason why everybody's in Brooklyn because KD wanted to go to the Knicks, and then once you know, Kyrie was like, Nah, let's go to the Nets, do our own thing, and then there Kyrie was just like, Oh, KD was just <laughs> because KD was on the nets, KD wanted Harden. KD was like, Hey. Come here and buy the transitive properties, like you know, hard, uh, Harden came because of Kyrie because he got KD there in the first place, right? You get what I'm saying, though, right? The same thing with Steve Nash to an extent, too. But like, it all goes back to Kyrie, and then Kyrie's just like, nah, yeah,
3: okay, let's talk about Charlotte. Um, according to Shams and Sam Amick over at the Athletic. The Hornets are among the new teams, placing a Ben Simmons inquiry. We're a couple weeks, about 14, 15 days away from the trade deadline. Obviously, Sacramento and Atlanta are the two names that keep popping up, but there are going to be other teams. Charlotte's one of them, Lucas. What kind of package do we imagine Charlotte can offer that would make Maury not hang up the phone?
1: (laughs) Okay, so assuming that lamelo balls off the table um and i wrote about this in my 29 piece article um trade article i think it has to be centered around miles bridges you have to miles bridges has to be the catalyst there but asking for miles bridges who is a borderline all-star i would say this season two really good rotational players and Kelly Oubre who can be a starter or bench and same thing with Rozier um Rozier would probably be coming off the bench for the Sixers Oubre depending on what happens with uh Tobias Harris could be starting or not you're basically getting one starter two really good bench players and two first round picks for Ben Simmons in that package not a bad package for sure um doesn't fix their playmaking problems but gives them good two-way play on the perimeter and a good spark plug off the bench at the guard position. I, I think that's your best package that you could probably do. I mean, people will say, "Oh, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's 30-31 has a, you know, is not, has not been the same since coming off that ankle injury." And I mean, he's good, he's solid, but that that's just pretty much a straight up swap and honestly, I would want more.
3: Yeah, I mean, if we just like read the tea leaves here, I think probably what would have to happen is Charlotte would have to take Tobias back because otherwise, I just don't know if there's enough there. Like, I I don't think Daryl Morey is probably that thrilled about Miles Bridges. I mean, we like read the reports about Atlanta and them trying to throw Tobias into the deal and talks breaking down. They obviously want the Kings to take Tobias back. I think if they're going to accept anything less than a really good player for Ben, it's either going to have to include like all of Charlotte's draft future, which they're not going to give up, or it's going to be they take Tobias back somehow.
1: I mean, Um, they could if they include Hayward in the deal. I mean, I'd have to double check the the finances on that, but they're – there were $600, uh, $6 million in between each other, so that's not that big of a gap. That could yeah, work. Like out it really could wise.
3: work, but it's just like... I, would you want to give
1: it. up four rotational players, four, three starters, four total rotational players for Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris?
3: Yeah, probably You're not. Ba- which probably not, yeah. We keep circling back to Mr. Gutierrez. More just doesn't want to make a deal until the summer, which seems pretty... Mm-hmm. Either you get Beal or you get James Harden. Seems like a very distinct possibility at this. Yeah. No, I, I, and I, I
1: wouldn't rule out Dame, but personally, I, I'm kind of iffy on Dame now. Be
3: honest. Eh. But anyway, sorry. Continue. Um. So, Lucas, let's look at this from Charlotte's perspective. You know, Michael Jordan's the owner there. He presumably had to approve. You know the dice roll or what it was considered at the time on the mellow ball he clearly has a lot of sway with that organization why do you think charlotte would be willing to take on simmons right now why you know that's the team that's in the playoff hunt they have a pretty bright future obviously do you think ben makes a lot of sense there no i don't and i was thinking about this today
1: It made me think of when the Wizards, when, you know, Jordan was the GM of the Wizards and then they drafted Brown and then Jordan came back out of retirement and he basically victimized and, like, verbally abused Kwame Brown to the point where the kid couldn't, like, was getting the shakes when he was subbing in. And I'm not, you know, considering Ben's mental state right now or, you know, you know, supposed mental state. I'm not, you know, speculating. I'm just I'm I'm I don't know where he is. But assuming that it's not in a hundred percent strong, safe place, him going to a guy like Michael Jordan, granted he's the owner, not the GM now and he's not playing, but still it's it you gotta wonder if Ben would survive it under, you know, the tutelage of Jordan. So that, that's kind of where I stand personally. I, I don't think it's a good match because I think Jordan would destroy whatever mental fortitude he had left.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess. It depends on how much Michael, like, really truly cares about running that team, which we don't I, know. Um, I, I mean, yeah, look, Michael Michael Jordan is many things. He's probably not, like, the greatest person in the world, so I see where you're coming from. He seems kind of like it, you know. He's probably not that nice, but... You wanted um, to say bully, didn't you? Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> That's a kind way of putting it. Um, look, Charlotte, like, like we have to like strip away all the Ben Simmons baggage because we're Philly writers and stuff. Mm-hmm. The dude's a 25-year-old who has made three All-Star teams already. He's probably going to win two or three Defense Player of the Years if he gets back on the floor at some point. He's a really good player, and he'd make a lot of teams a lot better. Like... I know he, you know, you have to worry about the playoff issues and stuff. There are worries about how he'd fit with certain big men, et cetera. But a lot of these teams, Charlotte, Atlanta, less so, but Charlotte, Sacramento, Indiana, they just want to get to the playoffs. They just want to be semi relevant and they can like worry about it from there. If they can get to where Philly was choking out of the second round, that'd be a huge improvement for Charlotte based on where they've been in recent years. So, you put Lamella Ball next to Ben Simmons. That's a pretty powerful one-two punch of two guys who are 25 and under still. That's a lot of length and playmaking on the floor. You put shooters around them. They have a lot of athletes and a lot of shooting on that roster. That'd be a really fun team to watch. And one of Charlotte's bigger weaknesses is, would be perimeter defense right now. And Ben clearly helps there. So I understand why they'd be interested. I think he'd make a lot of sense there, you know. They have smaller stretch fives that they can run with, PJ Washington, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He makes a lot of sense. I, I I have no trouble understanding why Charlotte would be interested in him. I think Ben's a really good player and in our like anxiousness for him to be out of Philadelphia, we kind of undersell him at this point. Like I understand all the concerns, but most of these teams are teams that are just in the basement or have been in the basement for a long time that are trying to get out. And Ben can help you get out of the basement. We can argue if he can help you get over the mountaintop. But if he helps you get halfway up the mountain, you go from there. And maybe you trade him then. Maybe you try to find other pieces. But you got to start somewhere. And Ben's a pretty good starting point, you know. So um, I I think it would make a lot of sense for Charlotte. And we're going to talk about
1: the true meaning of an MVP. And recently Shaquille O'Neal. TNT analysts had this to say about what a true MVP is?
0: I just hope Joe don't get penalized. Because over the last 10, 50 years, it's been unclear to me what the definition
2: of most viable player is. is he, does he
1: have your vote
2: right now? He does have my vote, but there's some cuckoos
3: like Charles and Kenny that say, oh, this team has a better record, so this guy's MVP. I always thought most viable player was a single award which means you're the baddest guy in the league. And the baddest guy in the league right now
0: is Joel Embiid. But they're in sixth place, so hopefully the media doesn't penalize him if another guy who's close and his team has a better record.
1: So, Chris, what do you think about, you know, Shaq's definition of the MVP going to the baddest guy in the league?
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, uh, I mean, MVP is obviously gonna every voter is gonna have a slightly different calibration of what it means in their head like if you just go to what the words mean most valuable player it's the player who adds the most individual value to his team It, it I agree like that shouldn't necessarily mean the most wins I it's I feel like it's been a while since we gave MVP to a guy on the team with the most wins I guess Giannis but like Negus didn't have the most wins in the NBA last year, and you is mean, pretty clearly the MVP. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I mean, to be fair, they did give it to a sixth seed when Westbrook won it.
3: Yeah, so I I agree. Like the best individual performer who is elevating his team the most should probably be the guy who wins MVP. Um, we can argue about whether or not Embiid is that. He clearly is on the short list. Um, mm-hmm. no matter how you slice it, so. Um. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as Shaq. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I I think Joel Embiid is one of the baddest guys in the league. Um, Arguably, I, I would say, I know this isn't on the agenda, but my top five MVP right now, no particular order, Joel, Jokic, Giannis, Morant, number five, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll give it to Steph right now, but DeMar is definitely knocking on the door. But yeah, no, I I think Joel Embiid is one of the baddest guys. And I I mean, when I talk about MVP on here, I do mention record, but that is only purely because I'm thinking of it from the voter's perspective, not from the unbiased perspective. Because if we're thinking unbiased without record being a factor, then yeah, I think Joel and Giannis i'm not yana sorry joel and and Jokic, whose teams are like in the mid-pack of the of their respective conferences are the two baddest guys in the league maybe it's the icebreaker
2: it, like it's like, like let's say guys are neck and neck with statistics both mm-hmm. offensive and defensive whoever has the better record maybe that's the tiebreaker
3: i mean yeah that's true yeah um, so like both teams are the sixth seed right now. And let's just be... Like, Embiid and Jokic are running one and two, whatever order you want to put them in. Both teams are the sixth seed. Philly has four more wins. Um, but, like, Joel, as much as we have talked about, you know, him missing his second-best player and the roster being depleted, uh, Jokic has been missing his second-best player all year.
1: Second roster, and third.
3: That roster is even more depleted than Philly's. Like, Jokic has zero help. He's, like, leaning on Jeff Green and Austin Rivers. And so... there are so many factors that could go into it. Both guys are putting
2: Aaron Gordon chop liver. Come on.
1: I mean, he was never really a scorer, which is a shame because I saw him as like a Blake Griffin prototype when he came into the league. But yeah, no, he's just never really developed anything more than an, like he's a 15 to 13 point per game average. I was wondering. All
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Aaron Gordon's cool, but like he's not going to help you win games. Denver's roster is in a scoring bad Scoring-wise, yeah. Point. And yeah. both guys are having, like, historically great seasons. Like, Jokic, I think, like, is averaging basically, like, a unique one-of-one stat line pretty much. Like, both these guys are – He's on Raleigh's pace to – Yeah. For 40 every night. These, these guys are great, great players. And I really don't know who deserves to be number one right now. Well – See where I stand at the end of the season. We'll see if another player, you know, wrecks the party. Giannis is right there too. He deserves some some love as well. But yeah, it it should go to the player who is elevating his team the most. Both Joel and Jokic are carrying quite a large bit of their team's respective workloads. Mm Um, you know, Steph has a lot of help in Golden State. Chris Paul has a lot of help in Phoenix. John Morant has a really well balanced team around him in Memphis. You can't really say the same, you know, Giannis in Milwaukee. DeRozan doesn't. He'll not He'll right now, do well, they're like solo x right now. Yeah, so they are. I, I. That's part of why they'd be at the top for me. Mm-hmm. um So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, no,
1: I think I mean the only other player that you could say right now is DeRozan, but I mean when they're healthy, he has a pretty good supporting mm-hmm. cast.
2: All right. For everyone listening out there, I'm right here with the podcast, with the two co-site experts of the Sixers Sense website, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. And they know this team like the back of their hands. They probably have dreams, nightmares. They probably listen to every podcast under a sun related to the Sixers. They read every article related to the Sixers. So I'm going to challenge them to a little
1: competition.
2: It's a little Sixers trivia,
3: and it's I gonna, don't feel
1: good about this.
2: And it's gonna
3: go like this. <laughs> Time trivia is my greatest weakness.
2: <laughs> well, I'll put it to you like this: I'm not gonna throw any curveballs at you. It's pretty straightforward stuff. Okay, but and I think I think you'll do fine. But what's at stake is this: something pretty simple and inexpensive. So the winner, person who gets the most points of this trivia. Will have to address your counterpart on the next podcast as king. So, if you Lucas, mean the loser? Well, yeah. So, if Lucas loses, you're going to have to address Chris as King Christopher the first or something. no, the second, the second, second. he's right. the second, he's a junior. Yeah, right. And Chris, if you lose, you'll have to address Lucas as King Lucas on the next podcast. So, mm-hmm. uh, you have you'll have seven seconds to respond. I'm if big you, kings.
1: If I'm you big. don't. If yeah, you don't get it, oh no! Go ahead. You have no, 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 no no, no, no. I was gonna say I haven't been king since eighth grade homecoming. <laughs> it's been a while. That's <laughs> been a while. I think Chris was one
2: at that time.
1: <laughs> Not quite that. I mean, he was Chris. either that or
2: a fetus. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so if you all right, if the buzzer goes off, your counterpart, your opponent, will have a chance to steal. You have a chance to get that point. All right, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. no but <laughs> as right as i can be chris you you've had seniority you've been at the, the site longer right so you get to go first okay all right all right the first
1: category hold on pull it up oh. to be fair we both started as contributors at the same time but he's been the site expert here longer though we both became site experts roughly the same time i just went to another site first before coming back oh so
2: wait do you go first
1: No, no, he can go first. You already decided. I was just clarifying.
2: Chris, are you okay with that?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's see.
2: Let's go to the first topic, which is... First topic is jersey numbers. Jersey numbers for 76ers players. All right. In seven seconds or less, Chris, who wears number seven?
3: Oh, shit. Um, See, I can't. When I have to think about things, I'm not going to get it.
2: All right, Lucas, you can steal. Who wears number seven?
3: Isaiah Joe.
2: And the point goes to Lucas. Let me get my chair. Broken
1: Joe.
2: All right, shut up. All right. uh... (laughs) All right, so Lucas, this comes your way. And your trivia question is colleges. College. Oh, what? What? What is that your is that your thing, Chris? You uh, would have gotten that. No, that's
3: fine.
2: No, he's kind of a draft All guy. Right. But go ahead. You know, no, no, go ahead and ask the question. Yes, yeah, sure. I might get it wrong. All <laughs> right, Uh Lucas. What college did Charles Bassett go to? Western Kentucky. Wow. Ding, 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 ding. Lucas is up to nothing. Wow.
3: Already, Chris, you're in the hole, man. When you put a time yeah i can't think under pressure i just i forget everything you can like ask cooper's 21 and Chris, I miss it.
2: you're one of the smartest <laughs> okay. you're one of the smartest <laughs> sports guys i know come on man up you just you're,
3: bought a game for christmas where you have like five seconds to name four things and i i can never do it you can like tell me to name four books and i I'll, like forget
2: oh my god all right i'll give you a layup right now all right here we go this one no, it's okay I'm this one setting this... the stage for my loss this, one, we'll go back, we'll back to uh numbers, like player sixers numbers, guys, like jersey numbers. All right, if you get this, I'm just gonna cut, I'm gonna kick you out of the pocket. What number does Tyrese Maxi wear, Chris? Zero. All right, there we go. Ding, 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 Chris. See, you're not that bad. Okay, that was that was a
1: layup. I better get a layup too. That was only fair. Hey, man,
2: who are you talking to, man? I'm a charger. What are you talking about? (laughs) All right. Lucas, let's stick to uh, colleges. Okay. Lucas, what college did Furkan Korkmaz attend? He didn't go to college. He was from Turkey. Oh, my God. You're so good. That is correct. You get a point. I thought I was going to catch him off guard, Chris. I was was trying to be trying to throw him up. That was a curveball. All right, Chris. Let's see. Let's go to statistics now. Let's switch it up a little bit. Oh, boy. (laughs) statistics. What do you mean, what? Okay. You better get this. At current, right now, as of January 26, who is the second
3: and third leading scorers of the Sixers? Uh, Tobias Harris and Seth Curry. Oh. (sighs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) That would be... Tobias, Harris,
1: and... Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't I get a chance to answer this? Yes, actually, you do. Okay, Tobias, Harris, and Tyrese Maxey. Wait, I can't give that to you because I, I said Tobias, Harris. I, I already knew it was I Tobias, said, Harris, and Tyrese Maxey. That's Maxie. my goof. That's my goof. It's all right. Oh, come on. What? I, I, I... overthink things. It's... I, uh... Uh, to be fair, Chris, I it's wasn't sure me. on that either. So you're not the only one because I was like, I know Tobias the second, but who's averaging... Because they're both averaging around 16 points. It's only by decimals that they're separated, actually, right? It's
2: uh, yeah. Tyrese Maxey is actually, actually averaging 16.6, Curry's averaging 15.8. So they are, very oh, close. okay, okay, they're very close. So, all right, so Lucas doesn't steal that point, but I, it is his turn, so I'm going to stick with statistics. <laughs> okay. and let's see, Lucas, since Charlie Brown Jr. is your guy, oh boy. <laughs> Since Charlie Brown is your guy, the question is, how many points does Charlie Brown average right now, approximately?
1: Oh gosh. Uh I I um I haven't written about him in a while. I'm gonna say like one. That
2: is incorrect. Oh Chris, you can steal this. How many points is uh Charlie Brown Junior averaging? Um he is averaging Two point five. You're close enough. You're he's averaging two point four points a game. So oh, Chris, gosh. Chris, you have stolen that point from Lucas, and we're gonna go back to
1: Chris where you can actually
2: tie the game.
3: Wait, I thought we are tied. Ready?
1: No, 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 no. No. no, no. 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 Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna. If I lose, I hold that to and st- st- uh, that 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 one where you had to goof it, I hold that against you, Uri.
2: That's all right. I'll just address the person as king, too. I don't care. What's the matter to me? All right, Chris, your... Let's see. Your category now is Sixers Random. Sixers Random. All right. So we know that the range of ages between all these players is Uh pretty vast. Uh, There's younger players, but that would be too easy. Would it? At current... And I'll give you 10 seconds because you'll need 10 seconds. Who is the oldest player on the Sixers roster right now?
3: Who is the oldest player on the Sixers roster? Let me make sure I don't screw this one up. It has to be Danny, right?
2: Yes, very good. Danny Green. That was a layup. Was it really, though? Yeah. I don't think I would. I, I, would, I would have thought maybe uh, Drummond. But, yeah, Danny Green is 34 years old. So Chris Drummond's has,
1: 28. Yeah, he looks older than, than he actually uh, he is. Just, he has a little <laughs> bit of baby fat. That's all. Yeah.
2: All right. There's going to be a few more questions. We're coming back to Lucas. So you can retake the lead. It's tied 3-3 okay. three three right now. Okay. So at this point, let's go to Jersey numbers okay (laughs) let's go to jersey numbers Hmm. lucas who wears number five for the sixers
1: (laughs) i have no idea (laughs) is it miles is it miles powell yes
2: Yes. Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! You left too soon, man. He had one second left. <laughs> it's a miles foul. It is miles yeah. <laughs> On the two-way contract. I, I That's thought a good it was grab, it. Man.
1: That's a good I, you grab. know what? No, because I, I was like, I I was ready because I was like, I feel like he's going to ask a two-way player contract. And I was expecting <laughs> you to say Aaron Henry, even though he's not on the team right now. I was just like, I feel like it's going to be Aaron Henry. I
2: almost gave you you Paul Reed, but that would have been too easy. Yeah, that would have been too easy. easy. All right. (laughs) Look at Chris laughing prematurely. All right, Chris, you get a chance to tie it up. And your, uh, let's see, your category right now is coaches. (sighs) Coaches. All right. Hopefully you'll grab this. All right. As of current. Name any three coaches who sit on the bench for the Philadelphia 76ers. Any three coaches.
3: Um, I guess Dan Burke, Sam Cassell, Dave Yeager's the easy one, but he's out. Does he count?
2: Yeah, he counts.
3: Okay, yeah.
2: Okay, we got it. All right, it's tied up. All right, Lucas, this is the last question. Oh, if you if you get it, you win it. If you lose, if you don't get it, Chris has a chance to steal, and. I feel around. like this is going to be ridiculously <laughs> hard. <laughs> I'll it'll be middle of the road. It'll
1: okay. Middle of the road.
2: All right. What's this the category? Is, oh, the category is uh, players. Okay. For this, you'll have to give me two approximate numbers related to some statistics. Okay. That player is
1: Matisse Dyboum. Uh, 1.5 blocks. Um, Well,
2: see, now I gotta change up my question because I didn't finish my question. I thought that
1: was the question. You you said that I had to give two approximate averages. I thought that was the question.
2: I was gonna go for something different, but you know, all right, you probably would have gotten that one, but now I'm gonna give you a harder one.
1: Oh gosh, yeah, man.
2: All right, so as of right now, approximate number. Georges Niang is shooting what percent from three-point?
1: I'm going to say about 39%.
2: Chris, I'll give you a chance. Oh. If you can give me something closer, you'll get it. If you're further away, then Lucas gets it. What percent is Georges Niang shooting right now from three?
3: Well, the ch- cheesy way to go would be like 389
2: Wait, what did Lucas say?
3: I think it said thirty
1: nine percent.
2: Chris gets it. What the heck? <laughs> point point three point three eight five
1: <laughs> is what he's shooting for. Thirty eight point five. Oh my gosh, that is ah. Uh. <laughs> hey, look, you said approximate. That's point five percent approximate without. Like, I was within half of per- approximation. You didn't say that I had to give it an exact number. All right. Um, can we, like, nah, nah, I'm going to argue we that demand, one. Do we demand a recount? I did say
2: approximate. Yeah, right, Chris. Nah, I'm not going to doing, give the decimal point. You know what? I didn't,
1: you didn't say decimal yeah, point.
2: I didn't say closest. I didn't oh, say closest to. Oh. So, I think Lucas is, I think he has a fairness no. issue. So. No, it's, it's true. Right, let's, let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch up the category. Let's do that. All right. Okay. We're going to do – we're going to do uh, – let's see. Um, where are we? We're going to do NBA years experience. Okay. NBA years experience. Uh. And what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a player and you're going to tell me all the teams that this player played for. And if you can get them all then great, if not, Chris, will get a chance to steal. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. The question goes to you, Lucas name, all of the NBA teams that Tobias Harris has played for.
1: Okay. I got this Milwaukee bucks, Orlando magic, Detroit Pistons, LA Clippers, Sixers, and the correct answer
2: is what you just said. Good job, Lucas! There we go. This is the winner? Give him credit, credit. That wasn't easy. That was like a lot of teams. So.
1: Oh no! See, I've I've been a big Toby t- Toby fan since he was a rookie. So, so, All
2: right, so yeah. Chris,
1: um, are you going to congratulate your opponent? Well, I, I was robbed. So, <laughs> um, I got robbed twice Never. before I got treated fairly. So I don't want to hear. Whatever, that. Man. Yeah, well, job, did you, man. Wait, how did you get? How did you get? Because robbed. I was about to answer the question for who has the second and third most points, and then you started to blab it off, and I already had the answer. So
3: no, you had the fine. you
1: had the mulligan that one, and
2: you then the know you
3: know, Georges was shooting from three. But
2: that's you know okay. what? We we can let people <laughs> online on Twitter like debate like who deserved to win, but let, let's move on. We're gonna do our Twitter poll question of the week. And it just so happened that Lucas came up with the poll question of the day. And it was actually a very good one, Lucas, and it had three hundred and twenty-seven votes. The question was is Joel Embiid the best player that Doc Rivers has ever coached? And out of all the votes, we had 80% say yes, Embiid is the best player. Only 5% said no. And 13.7% said it's a little too early to tell. So, Chris, we'll go to you first. Do you think Embiid's the best player he's ever coached?
3: Well, um, obviously, there's room for debate. I It's like if we're going by – the, where the player was at when doc was coaching him then you probably say it's between Kawhi and joel um you know Kawhi at certain points with toronto and la has been like probably the best player in the nba so i think it'd be fair to give Kawhi the slight edge there but joel is playing at or near the top of the league right now you can certainly make a case that it's joel um obviously kevin garnett is a guy you can't ignore either but chris paul chris paul but I, I i guess it's probably Kawhi, but i could see the argument for joel
1: i mean i am gonna say joel and i that's a little spoiler because i'm doing a you know ranking top 10 players all time that played for doc rivers um and like Chris said, you can't ignore Chris Paul, Kawhi. Um, I, I I also have Tracy McGrady in there because prime Dr- Tracy uh, T Mac with the Magic, that was Doc Rivers' first coaching gig. Um, so I mean, there's there's definitely some really good players that Doc Rivers has coached, um, and some that played at or were MVP level players. Um, actually, I don't think he's ever had an actual MVP on his roster. Well, winning game. Yeah, no, cuz Chris Paul's never won it. No, I think you're no. right. But he's they they've played at MVP levels for sure. Um so yeah, um I I would when I was thinking of this question when I posted it cuz I was I was in the middle of work. I was thinking about where these these players were at their that stage of their career when they had doc so I mean, if we're thinking about KG, we're not thinking of Timberwolves 2004 KG. We're thinking of 2007 right. Boston, yeah. which is two completely different Kgs. Um, still, both very good though. Um, and now, yeah, like I said, it, it, that thought inspired me to. And it's coming, guys, probably this weekend, especially if it snows. I would um, say I would say that the answer is no. I think he's the best, he's the best big man that
2: he's ever coached. That's true. But looking at 2013-14 Chris Paul for the Clippers. He Ooh, led that? the league. He led the league not only in assists, he led the league in steals mm-hmm. and he was averaging 19.1 points a game. If Embiid ends up leading the league in points and let's say somehow he grabs rebounds, then yeah, he's the, the best player, but right now CP from 2013 was he was phenomenal.
1: I think he was a finalist in the MVP race that year. Um probably it's, and probably interest... year
2: that, it's probably either they 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 gave all...
1: it to lebron yeah. yeah 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 um i will say this also though um chris paul fun fact he has the longest streak of consecutive games with at least one steal among any player in nba history um still active by the way is that approximate i be- i <laughs> thanks yeah, yeah I okay um, um... yeah yeah you should have <laughs> anyway um, but yeah, no, um, so I mean, Chris Paul is a like, he's definitely near the top of my list right now. I forgot. I honestly forgot that Doc Rivers coached Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, so I have to reformulate my list now. We were talking about it prior to the start of the podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, he did coach him for a year, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but I mean, he coached a lot of great players. Uh, you know, I had to leave off some good guys like Ray John Rondo. Prime, DeAndre Jordan was no joke either, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, But yeah, no, I, I, you know, just random thoughts when you're working in a, in in a school with like
3: kindergartners, and you're just, oh, that's a good question to ask. All right. Um, Well, thank you to all our listeners for tuning into yet another week's episode of the Six Sense podcast. As you all know, I was robbed of my victory <laughs> in this trivia thing. So, uh, You're calling me your highness. I will no, be it's uh, King Lucas. King. I will spend the next couple of days days um, kickstarting my misinformation campaign <laughs> and <laughs> purchasing bots on Twitter to uh, disparage Lucas. But <laughs> until then. Okay, K- Katie. Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in to yet another week's episode of the Six Your Sense podcast as always please like subscribe and follow if you can if you can just stomach the uh that that vote i know it was it was pretty iffy but if you can stomach it please you know follow along on apple podcast spotify audible google play or at a website the six cents.com where you can also read our written work um yeah so until later until next week i guess um, peace out everyone um Hashtag Chris One and well, we'll Hashtag Chris
1: is a sore loser.
3: <laughs> yeah, edit that part out here I right have <laughs> yeah. Bye everyone. Bye.